what hypnosis is, is basically a suspension of the conscious mind. When that happens, the filter disengages and we have access to your subconscious. And then I can use vague pointed suggestions to introduce the possibility of things being different in a language that's based in experience, emotion, and imagination that your subconscious will act on. I'm Dr. Seth Osgood, the founder of Grassroots Functional Medicine. After struggling for years with chronic health issues that traditional medicine and pharmaceuticals could not resolve, I finally found relief in true healing with a functional medicine approach. Since then, I've dedicated my life to helping patients around the world transform their health by getting to the root cause of symptoms and restoring their body's natural ability to heal. This experience has shown me that a true state of wellness often requires an integrated approach that brings in multiple disciplines and modalities. In this podcast, I will interview experts across the wellness spectrum to educate and empower you on the tools available to reclaim your health. If you're struggling with health challenges and you're not getting the answers or the results you feel you deserve, or you simply want to optimize your health and take a proactive approach to wellness, this podcast is for you. And if you like the show and find it helpful, please be sure to tell a friend, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to the Grassroots Functional Medicine Podcast. Today we are diving into the nitty gritty details of hypnosis. Several people have been exposed to hypnosis on TV or maybe at their local fair, but what many people don't know is how effective it can be to help optimize your health and combat chronic disease. Today's guest is Karen Gray, the founder of Green Mountain Hypnosis. Green Mountain Hypnosis is a client-centered hypnosis practice that uses evidence-based hypnotic techniques to promote and empower health and wellness. Karen specializes in empowering everyday people to effectively navigate life's challenges. Her background in nursing brings a unique perspective to the mind-body connection, allowing her to give her clients the tools they need to better manage stress, weight, and chronic disease, as well as overcoming limiting beliefs that stand in the way of their success. This is an amazing conversation full of clinical pearls to help you improve your state of wellness. Let's dive in and get started. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the Grassroots Functional Medicine Podcast. I really appreciate you joining me today, and I'm really excited about the topic. Hi, Seth. It is so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, before we jump into hypnotherapy, I would love to give our audience a little bit of background information about your story and what got you so passionate about hypnotherapy in the first place. Do you mind sharing? I would love to. This is my favorite story ever. So I, my background is in nursing. And when I was introduced to hypnosis, you know, aside from that guy at the fair, When I was introduced to the clinical uses of hypnosis, I was working full-time as a nurse in a long-term care facility, and I was working part-time in a rehab center. And I had reached that point after 12 and a half years of doing the same things where I had some frustration in there are things that I cannot do within this scope of traditional nursing. We in traditional medicine are really good at telling people what to do. 
we do not excel in telling people how to do it. I was at that point of there has to be a better way. And coincidentally, my partner John had gone to recertify as a hypnotist. Now, he had been using hypnosis way back in the 80s to help people recovering from addiction and alcoholism to, well, rebuild, you know, reinstate those coping mechanisms that got drowned out by the substance abuse to build self-esteem and confidence and decrease stress and anxiety. When he got home from this training, he said, this is the coolest thing ever. You have to let me hypnotize you. And I said, no, I'm good. (laughs) So he goes back for the second weekend. He comes home and he says, really, you need to do this. Sit down. And I, I swear to goodness, Seth, I said, I'm a nurse. I do science. I do evidence-based practice. And I really don't know about this hypnosis stuff. <laughs> now, I promise that I eat those words every single day. He got me into this hypnotic trance, which was simple. Basically, he said, close your eyes. And then he talked to me and my mind wandered. And I was totally awake and aware the whole time. I knew everything he was saying. And he would give me suggestions like straighten out your arm as stiff as a board. So I did. And now notice how no matter how hard you try, you can't bend it. And I thought, well, that's dumb. It's my arm. (laughs) Of course I can. And I couldn't. And because he knows me so well, he left me there with my arms, stiff and rigid, with my eyes closed in this hypnotic trance. And he just let it be there. Consciously, I'm mapping out the anatomy of my arm to figure out why it won't work. Subconsciously, the signal just isn't getting through to move the muscles. I hear him giggle. He brings me out of that. He gives me some some suggestions about sleeping better, about lowering stress, about feeling amazing. And counts to five and I'm wide awake. I felt like I had the best night's sleep of my life. More significantly, this was the piece that if you can say words to someone and get them in a place where their subconscious believes something completely different, then you've unlocked everything that my experience in traditional nursing was missing. How to get people over the barriers that prevent them from doing the things that they know they want to do. And it was easy. That's incredible. That's incredible. And and just to think like how many that can help people on so many different levels with so many different situations. So, you know, on that note, can you just give a general overview that's with your amazing story on what is hypnosis? Like how, for people who have never heard of hypnosis or maybe they've been to the fair and they've seen the, you know, the guy on the stage hypnotizing the crowd, you know, can you explain it in a way to help, you know, people understand who may not be familiar with the concept? Absolutely. Hypnosis is by definition a I pulled this off the internet this morning. Hypnosis (laughs) is a natural human condition involving focused attention, reduced peripheral awareness, and an enhanced capacity to respond to suggestions. That doesn't answer your question at all. So in practice, hypnosis is the art of using a set of language patterns to tap into the subconscious mind 
to introduce new ideas that you are more likely to hear and act on. And it has everything to do with how your mind is structured and how the parts of your mind interact with each other. As we think about the brain, that's the physical organ with neurons and synapses and all of that. And we think of the mind as the conceptual construct of the processes of the brain. So your mind is separated into three parts, like, like an iceberg. There's the big part underneath, which is massive and huge, and that's your subconscious mind. It has control over everything that you don't have conscious control over. So basically everything. But more specifically, all of your body function, all of your cellular function, your systems, your heart rate, your blood pressure, your reflexes, your responses, your reactions and emotions and imagination and your inner dialogue and behaviors and patterns and all of that. And its job is to keep you alive. So it runs on very simple programs. If this happens, then we do that. It runs in generalizations. If something happens that looks even remotely like that, then we do that. And it speaks in terms of imagination. The next part of your mind is a filter called the critical faculty. And that filter protects the subconscious from conflict. Because if you muddy up those waters of that if-then process too much, then everything goes haywire. If you could decide that you could hold your breath for 10 minutes and actually be able to do it, that would be bad. <laughs> so you have a filter in place that keeps you from screwing things up. What that means for your subconscious is that you only get information into your subconscious mind that you already recognize. Basically, your subconscious only hears what you already believe. And this is why we think change is hard, because you can be fully aware that you need to stop smoking while you're lighting a cigarette. You can be completely conscious that your body is entirely too full of food as you're taking six bites and can't help it. The part that's aware, that reason and logic part, that's your conscious mind. And it's little. It's like 10% of everything. And it is logic and reason and rational thinking and short-term memory and problem solving. And its job is to come up with rationalizations for all the things that your subconscious does and to steer you in directions and problem solve and move you through the day. So the way that hypnosis works, what hypnosis is, is basically a suspension of the conscious mind. When that happens, the filter disengages and we have access to your subconscious. And then I can use vague pointed suggestions to introduce the possibility of things being different in a language that's based in experience, emotion, and imagination that your subconscious will act on. Wow, that's awesome. And does in the, with these suggestions, it will it implement change do you see it happen pretty quickly sometimes, or does it take time instantly? Instantaneously. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. The way that the system operates is that once you learn something, you know it. You will do that same thing forever until you replace it with something better. If we bring it back to you are this incredibly intricate machine, 
and you run based on efficiency. So your body doesn't use things that it doesn't need to be using. It doesn't do things it doesn't have to be doing. And it wants, your subconscious wants the best possible outcome that satisfies in the best possible way for the least amount of expenditure. So the moment it realizes that not maintaining a blood nicotine level is more beneficial than maintaining one, or that maintaining one is more harmful than giving it up, the change happens instantly. And it lasts. That's awesome. So what kind of things will affect your subconscious mind? I mean, do, do we see that? And one of the things we always see in practice is how childhood traumas or stressors or variety of other things can influence physical health down the road. Is that something that you, you deal with, you know, with hypnosis? Do you address that without necessarily stirring everything up? Absolutely. I tend to work from a model of, well, it's a lot like GPS. <laughs> Where are you right now? And where do you want to be? Where you are right now depends on where you've been. So we don't have to backtrack and and rehash everything. We have to see it where you're at now. And from there, we can start making changes, getting rid of the stuff that doesn't have to be there, whether that's limiting beliefs or cigarettes or a high level of stress. And then we start building the foundation of how you want things to look. Yes, a, a lot of it is that process of wound healing. Right. And I love the fact that I think a lot of people are fearful of when they do have a lot of trauma or a lot of you know past experiences that weren't so pleasant of, of rehashing all of that. So to say that instead of going back and, and, and opening up that can of worms, we can move forward and focus on a better future. That that's pretty inspiring and and incredible. And I think that would, uh, you know, again, make people a lot more comfortable to figure out, you know, what's going on and to deal with these, their issues. That's, that's awesome. So how long has hypnosis been around? Is this something that is fairly new or has it been used for some time? (laughs) Been around forever. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. So hypnosis evidence of the principles of hypnosis date back to prehistoric eras and that's well and good and great one of the first books that detailed the therapeutic application of hypnosis was published in 1027 by a persian physician and psychologist wow and then as we scroll up through history Waters got a little bit muddied in the 1700s in France with people who thought that they were the source of all power. And then we brought it back to real life science. There's a man named James Esdale, who's considered one of the grandfathers of hypnosis. And in the 1840s and 1850s, he did hundreds of surgeries, major surgeries, using only hypnoanesthetic So no uh, chemical-induced anesthesia, simply these principles of hypnosis to kind of disengage the signals from the brain. Wow. And it kind of helps to understand hypnosis is short for uh, neurohypnotism, which is sleep of the nerves. Gotcha. Wow. So disengaging those signals, reframing the experience 
to the point where you can perform surgery without a chemical anesthetic. That's incredible. So I'm sure there is definitely a time and place for hypnotherapy with chronic pain syndromes or chronic inflammation, or, you know, I'm, I'm sure, and we're going to talk about the individual things, but that is, that's really, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. And I, I just love the fact how, you know, a lot of these, these, ther- these strategies to help people optimize their state of wellness are not new, right? They've been around forever. And now we because we have modern medications and pharmaceuticals, we think that that's the only answer, you know, but, uh, you know, the fact that these techniques are still around just show, you know, how, how valuable they really are and how effective they can be. That's awesome. I agree. What is the difference between the stage hypnosis? We talked, we mentioned that a little bit before and therapeutic hypnosis. I think that would be a really good thing for everybody to understand as well. I really love this question. My first time participating in a stage hypnosis show as a participant, not the hypnotist, was at a hypnosis convention. And it was a blast. Um, the, The difference is what you do with it. So the same mechanics and principles are used to get someone into that hypnotic state, whether we're doing it in a therapeutic clinical setting or we're doing it on a stage. And when you're doing it on a stage, you're doing it with 20 people at a time. The stage hypnotist is selecting people who are going to be the most receptive to do whatever it is he says they should do or her. And gets them into that hypnotic trance, puts on a show. It's for entertainment. When I have someone in the office, I tend to say a lot of the same kind of words and a lot of the same kind of frame. Imagine a time, a place where you felt the most relaxed. Imagine you're at the beach or the mountains or somewhere else. And you know that feeling? Go there. A lot of these are the same words, the same mechanics. You're still engaging the imagination. Only I am not going to make you bark like a dog. <laughs> well, that's encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, once ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. So yeah, so you are you're strategically, you know, implementing this practice to help people overcome problems or to motivate them in different ways versus you know trying to entertain an audience. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So how is, you mentioned that, that hypnotic trance, how how is that induced? Like, how do you actually do that? What does that look like, you know, from a, from a patient standpoint? So your subconscious mind responds most actively to your feelings, to your emotions and your imagination. As we engage your imagination, again, the conscious mind says, oh, this isn't for me, and it wanders off to something else, and you become more receptive. The farther away your conscious mind drifts, the more open your subconscious is. For the client's experience, it's really just a process of following very simple instructions. At some point, I might ask you to close your eyes, or you could leave them open. If I ask you to think about something, just think about it. If I have you imagine something, just imagine it. And you are awake the whole time. Your mind is active and alert the whole time because that's what minds do. You might be at one point so focused on everything that I say 
And at another point, your mind might wander off so far that you forget that I'm here talking. And that's perfect. That's what minds do. Within this space, we are interactive. I might ask you a question that I need an answer to. And you can talk in hypnosis. Think back to the stage hypnotist. Hypnosis isn't fragile. I can have you open your eyes and stand up and answer questions and think about things and everything, all while you're in that subconscious space. The benefit of doing it in that subconscious space is there is no barrier to the changes that you want to create. So everything is geared towards what you want to get out of this. Where do you want to be when we get there? So people aren't going to be doing things that they're not comfortable with while they're in that trance. I cannot make you do anything, nor do I want to. Right. So is it safe? Is, I mean, is the, is the practice safe? I mean, how, what are some of the misconceptions or, you know, what are are the most confusing things out there about his hypnosis or, you know, what, what do people wonder about or fear with this type of therapy? It is absolutely safe. There are hundreds of misconceptions (laughs) and I have my favorites. Let's come back to, is it safe? Hypnosis is a thing that you do anyway, every day. And it starts with the lightest state of hypnosis, daydreaming. When that point, when your mind wanders off and you slip into this little imagination island, even if it's for a brief moment, that's a hypnotic state. When you get so zoned in to a book you're reading or a show you're watching or a game or whatever it is you're doing, that you tune out everything around you and you lose track of time. You are no longer consciously aware of your periphery. That is hypnosis. And my all-time favorite is that moment when, you know, you're going the same commute every day and you get to where you're going and there is an entire town you don't remember. I was just thinking of that. (laughs) (laughs) You are on autopilot. That is hypnosis. Now, if something changed enough to grab the attention of your conscious mind, It would happen seamlessly and you wouldn't notice it because you are that good. But other than that, the subconscious is just doing the work while your mind wanders off to do whatever. It's incredible. It is absolutely safe. We're taking something that you already know how to do and using it to your advantage. My all-time favorite misconceptions are, I can't be hypnotized. sit in this chair (laughs) (laughs) so you haven't had a lot of cases where people weren't hypnotized then huh no you have to want it again i can't make you do anything right if i say close your eyes and take a breath and you refuse what are you doing here but in reality as long as you are willing to experience this then you will you already know how i'm just guiding you through it What is the next one? That you lose control. That it's mind control. What was that movie? Get Out. That's a great movie. I love that movie. (laughs) And my phone calls for clients went through the roof after that came out. (laughs) Ironically (laughs) enough, it's not mind control. Your subconscious is the job of keeping you alive. So it has systems and fail-safes and safety features in place so that... 
if we ever suggest something that doesn't match with your core beliefs, you're not doing it. It doesn't matter how convincing I am. You're not going to go against your own best interest ever. And nor would I want to suggest it. You still have the ability to open up your eyes at any time and leave. You can do anything you like. The other one is that people get stuck in hypnosis. In the same way that you cannot get stuck in sleep, cannot get stuck in hypnosis. If we come back to the neuroscience of it, we're inducing a certain set of brain waves. So we're coming down to those same theta delta type brain waves that you're in when you're asleep. And if you've ever experienced those moments of increased consciousness, diving back deeper into sleep, that's the same thing that happens in hypnosis. And you can think of it kind of as your conscious mind checking in. You good? We still doing this thing? Okay, I'll go. And so when it comes back and checks in, your brain waves rise. And when you dip back down, they go a little bit lower. So if I, if we were in a, in a session and you were deep in a trance and I just stopped talking for like five minutes, your eyes will open up and you will like to know what's going on. <laughs> so, well, that's those are the great. big three, I think. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, I know we can use this, uh, this treatment or this therapy for all sorts of different things, but what are some of the more common conditions that you help people overcome through hypnotherapy? I think the most, that's a great question. The most common underlying theme of everything I do, so much so that I call it my specialty, is stress management. Stress is a physiological process that uses resources, that uses brain power, and changes the way that your body and your mind react to things. It plays a role in illness recovery. It's absolutely all about stress and anxiety itself. It plays a role in weight loss and how your digestive system functions, in wound healing, in management of your mental and physical health. The most common thing, no matter what it is you came in here for, I'm going to ask you, how's your stress? <laughs> the things that people most commonly ask for are help with stress and anxiety and weight loss, smoking cessation, you know, the things that we most commonly think of when we think of hypnosis. But I also work with so many people who just want to be better versions of themselves who feel like there's stuck in a rut and don't want to do that anymore. And if I could just let go of this crap from the past, right. And I could move forward and be better. Okay. Let's do that. And I love what you say about stress because, you know, we see that in the clinic day in and day out, you know, whether someone is coming in with an autoimmune disease or a heart disease or, you know, fibromyalgia or whatever their diagnosis is nine times out of 10, they they start having symptoms after a serious stressful event, whether that's mental, emotional, or physical. And, and oftentimes it's that stress that gets them into trouble with flares. And it's probably one of the hardest things for people to control. We can, you know, tell them to meditate and to pray and to go for long walks outside, but still there is a, a large 
population, a large you know percentage of, the, of our patients who who still just tr- have trouble maintaining and managing that stress. We all do. So it's great to know that that there there's other tools out there. Um, you know, that can really be effective because as you know, you know, we know that it affects every ounce of our being this, the stress and, and our bodies are so bombarded with stress. I mean, especially now, right. With the pandemic, we're going through extreme stressors, whether that's mental, emotional, or financial, everybody's struggling in different ways or social. So, uh, it's just encouraging and to hear you say that and how, how a lot of people are seeing improvements because we need that. <laughs> Me too. And I think it's important to point out, Seth, that this has nothing to do with how well you're doing. Whoever is watching this or hearing it, you're doing a fantastic job. Stress still exists. And part of the reason why we're all doing such a great job is because we compensate like pros. Right. The more stress that happens, the more we experience stressful events, we get better at dealing with it or not dealing with it because our baseline level of stress keeps rising. And as that baseline level of stress keeps rising, it takes smaller and smaller triggers to set us off. So then we do that, you know, professional level compensation. And the truth is all of the physiological changes, the the shallow breathing, the quickened heart rate, the overworking of the body, the sluggish digestive system, the foggy brain, All of that is still happening because that is the stress response. One of the ways that hypnosis is brilliant is that, remember how I said you run on these if-then equations? Yeah. So you learn these programs, these learned responses. And what we do in hypnosis is we kind of replace them with more up-to-date information. I cannot get rid of all the stress in the world, but I can help you to change how you respond to stress, to what you classify in your subconscious as a stressful event and and just bring those levels down and reset everything, freeing up all those resources so that you can heal and lose weight and sleep and all those other things you'd like to do. That's great. Cause I mean, there's so many stressors out there that people have no control over, you know, and, and that's the thing is we can't control our environment. We don't know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. And we need to have that toolbox where we can deal with these stressors as they pop up. And not, like I said, not, like you were saying, it, you know, you mentioned that some people just want to be healthy or be the best versions of themselves. And I think that's, that's really important. You don't have to be sick to, to, you know, to participate in something like this, we can be proactive for a change with our, with our society, you know, in medicine, we like to react to things and wait for their problems to exist, but we can be proactive to prevent a lot of these conditions and symptoms and imbalances from, from ever occurring, which is pretty, pretty incredible. Exactly. And then that just getting better in general, you are a machine and you are run by this super powered processor. It's like it's like having one of those $600 Cuisinart mixers with the 87 attachments that can do anything. And you're using it to make pancake mix. Right. Well, you could have done that with a fork. Right. So hypnosis is like the owner's manual that allows you to use everything that you are capable of doing 
in a way that works. So you can use this brilliant processor to its fullest capacity. That's incredible. That's awesome. Well, one of the things I know with uh, with with COVID uh, and just the chaos of life in general, you know, people are a little bit short on time, or they may not be comfortable, you know, going to uh, people to to medical practices or offices right now. Virtual telehealth has become a uh, really a popular item now. With with something like hypno- hypnosis, how does remote sessions? How do they work? Are they effective? Can you accomplish the same thing that you would accomplish in your office? I think pulling my practice online was one of the best things I have ever done for my clients. Awesome. Hypnosis is a conversation. So anywhere we have a conversation, we can do hypnosis. It happens through the television more often than we'd like to admit. It can be over the phone. It can certainly be online. It can be through a text message. The story about bringing the the uh, the story about bringing the practice online. The greatest benefit is that we're able to anchor your feelings of success and accomplishment to anchor your emotional relief into your place. Let me explain. I have this recliner in the old office and I bought it for $50 off Craigslist five years ago. It is literally nothing special. It is nicely worn in. It is nice brown leather. It is super comfy, but there's no magic potions in it. It's just a chair. And clients would repeatedly come to me and say, after our series of sessions had ended, can I just pay you to come back and sit in the chair? (laughs) Because I have a magic chair. I don't. The thing is, the chair is special. It becomes their happy place. Not because of the chair, but because of the experience that they had in it. By bringing the practice and doing the sessions remotely, your chair becomes your happy place. Your environment anchors your success and your positive changes. And holy cow, Seth, that is the most incredible thing I can offer to anybody. That's awesome. That's awesome. Absolutely. I mean, I can see how much more comforting it would be from your own home. But at the same time, I, I see what you're saying, people coming in and they're getting this magical experience almost. And, you know, they're going to associate that with, with, physical things that aren't real, right? So exactly. That's, exactly. that's that's awesome. Well, you know, this has been so great. Can you can you give us a, an example? So I know there's, like I said, there's a lot of different uh, people who could benefit from this, but could you maybe share a, uh, a personal story about a client that you had, what they were struggling with, what that process looked like, and, and maybe a little bit about their outcome and where they are right now? Absolutely. I have most recently, I've been working with a client who was diagnosed with two separate kinds of cancer. And she was undergoing six different kinds of chemo, just big, massive treatments. And she was having a lot of trouble knowing whether or not her head was in the right space. She had a team to take care of her body. She had a super support system at home, but there's that inner struggle. One of the first things that cancer patients are are told is that your mindset is vital, which is great, except now you just told me I have cancer, not just once, but twice, and you're going to give me these drugs that are going to wreck my body, and you want me to do what? So 
We worked together to lower her baseline stress, to redefine what needs to be reacted to and what doesn't. So that first week after her first session, she's actually sleeping better. She's thinking clearer. She's able to function in her job and be a real person again. We talked about empowering confidence, about decreasing the anxiety that happens around, am I really being positive enough? Like if I think about my mortality, am I sabotaging my cancer treatment? We talked about all of these things and we were able to reframe them for her and then set that new programming in her subconscious mind so that she's in a better place to accept herself, to recognize that thoughts are thoughts and they're going to happen and you get to choose which ones you latch onto and believe the difference between focus and intention and a passing thought. We got her sleeping better. We relieved all that negative thought loop business that was happening. Completely got rid of the fear and anxiety around testing. And she, with each session, she felt more positive, more confident, and most importantly, more in control. Rather than feeling like she was being slept, swept along by something out of her control, now she's recognizing this is her mind, her body, and she is in charge. Wow. Wow. That is incredible. And just, just think to think about, you know, struggling with something like cancer, what that, I just, what that stress and those thoughts do to your immune system, a problem that is related to the immune system and being able to overcome that and sleep better and think clearer and be, you know, actually not just think positively, but actually put it into, to action uh, with, oh, that's, that's great. That's such a fascinating story. And I can't, I mean, for that to work with, with cancer, you know, that being an extreme case, that I can't even imagine what, how effective it could be from a lot of, a lot of other conditions or situations. Well, you are doing some amazing work and uh, it's so neat to hear these stories. And I really do appreciate you bringing some clarity to the, the field of hypnosis. One of the things I always like to ask uh, towards the end of the podcast is, you know, what is one health tip that you would give to our listeners that everybody can implement to help take their state of wellness to the next level? Breathe, but do it right. <laughs> do it right. That stress response triggers by the sympathetic nervous system, and it turns off by the parasympathetic nervous system. More science, and you can activate that de-escalation of stress by triggering the vagal nerve response. Okay, here's how you do that: push your belly out. And as you push your belly out, you take a deep breath in. Because when you push your stomach out, your diaphragm drops, your lungs open up, and you can expand them fully, which is not something that happens when you're stressed. So that expansion sends a signal to your brain that says, oh, hey, look how deep we're breathing. Everything must be okay. Turn that thing off. And it does. So I have a tool, it's called square breathing, that I give to all of my clients. And I'm happy to share with anybody on your listener. Awesome. I can pop a I can pop a little link if you that can. That would be great. We comments. could put it in the show notes. Absolutely. That would be perfect. So that you can use this all throughout the day. It's breathing. You have to do it anyway. 
So you can do it in a way that actually improves your physical and mental well-being. That's great. What good advice. Well, thank you so much for, you know, just sharing your wisdom and your experience uh, with this therapy that I think could help so many people. For those who are listening right now and want information on how to find you and your practice and, and gain some of uh, the benefit from what you're doing, how, how do they go about doing that? Where can they find you? I think the best place is to find my website, which is greenmountainhypnosis.com. And from there, we can even set up a strategy call and talk about the things that have been troubling anybody and see where to go from there. And you can always follow me on Facebook, which is at Green Mountain Hypnosis. And you can see see people around the country, right? They're not limited to just being in Vermont or New Hampshire. Exactly. Exactly. And, And I think that's another one of the biggest benefits is that there's so many more opportunities now with all the changes that have happened in the world around us, there are so many more opportunities to help so many more people and so many more resources that are available now because we're all local. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing in many ways. <laughs> well, again, I really appreciate you joining me and I hope to have you on the podcast again. And it's just been an absolute pleasure. So thank you. Thank you, Seth. All right. Well, have a great day. Thank you so much for listening, guys. To find more practical tips to improve your state of wellness, don't forget to join us in the Grassroots Private Facebook group. Just search Grassroots Community on Facebook to join. And if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're looking for a comprehensive program to reclaim your health, check out our adaptation programs at grassrootsfunctionalmedicine.com. We'll help you uncover the root causes of dysfunction, create a structured plan of action, and hold you accountable with regular check-ins so you can get well and stay well in the years to come. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.